With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo. So the Warriors, they are right now in fifth place. They beat the Oklahoma City Thunder 136-125 at home at Chase Center in a game that they trailed for most of it, like 40 minutes of it, got the lead and just turned it on from there. You know, this was one where the Warriors needed to get this. Basically, if the Warriors went out, then they're not going to be in the plan. They'll avoid it. But if they lose one of these final three games, this OKC game being the first of those three, if they were to lose any of them, then they would be putting their fate in the hands of other teams. They would need other teams to lose and stumble to the finish line. At the very least, this was the game that they had to have. They could go two and one in these final three, but they definitely couldn't go one and two. If they go three and oh, then then we're solid. Then we're good to go. You know what I mean? The Warriors, they started Anthony Lamb and Jordan Poole in this because uh, Clay Thompson did not suit up because of back spasms. And, you know, I guess Kerr did not want to go with <laughs> defensively with uh, Steph, Poole, and Dante DiVincenzo. So he opted for a bigger body in Lamb. And that did not go that great. He also started Jonathan Kaminga, but overall, the Warriors, they gave up 39 points in the first quarter, which is kind of gnarly, especially at home. And then overall, they gave up 79 points in the first half, which is gross, especially at this point in the season. You know, I'm like, if they were to lose this game and it looked like they, they were going to, if they were to lose this, then I mean, hey, again. Their fate is in their own hands. They're going to deserve whatever happens to them. And if they ended up in the play-in, that's because they were not playing good defense. They were not playing smart. And they would have just coughed it up at home. You know, this was their home finale. To have lost this one would have just, you know, been kind of a a gut punch. A kind of like, you know, what else is new type thing. But they pulled it out at the end. It was actually pretty entertaining. Uh, Jordan Poole, he had some big shots. He played 31 minutes, 8 for 19 from the field, 5 for 12 from 3, 9 for 11 from the line, which is great. Anytime he gets like 9, 10, 11, 12 free throws, it's always, always really impressive. He had two boards, four assists, 30 points in a starting role. Steph, 37 minutes, 11 for 25 from the field, but 6 for 13 from 3. Hit all six of his free throws. Uh, which actually is a lot of free throws for Steph, to be honest, because he doesn't get enough calls. But he had five boards, six assists, a steal, and 34 points. So they're just scratching and clawing. Like I keep saying, they just have to get to the playoffs. Because to me, I think, at least I'm hoping for, this is an optimistic perspective. I think that 
with all the weird stuff about this season, the kind of ups and downs, all the off-court stuff, I feel like once they put the regular season behind them, once they are in the playoffs, like that mentally, they could just cut cut it off right there. You know what I mean? Get like a fresh start, a clean slate. They're no longer in the middle of the pack chasing other teams. Yes, they would be you know, on the road for pretty much every series unless some other team was upset. But they would be in the playoffs where they'd be more comfortable than any other team in the postseason. You know what I mean? That's their confidence. That's their advantage. That's their experience, championship DNA, all that other other stuff. So that's <laughs> where they have to get to. They just have to survive to get there. I said a few weeks ago, it's going to be really entertaining because I felt like there were going to be so many teams trying to get into the postseason, trying to get out of the play-in. And that is exactly what we're seeing. We're seeing the Warriors, the Clippers, the Lakers, the Pelicans, the Timberwolves, everybody just trying to to make it. And it's really kind of entertaining. You know, these games matter. Adam Silver must be really stoked about this because everybody's playing and people are watching these games, definitely tuning in to all this stuff. So on this evening, also uh, the Lakers, they won. So they are tied with the Clippers for sixth, but they are in the seventh because they lose the tiebreaker to the Clippers who did not play this evening. The Pelicans lost. I've said before that they, out of these four clustered teams, the Warriors, Clippers, Lakers, Pelicans, the Pelicans have the toughest end of season uh, schedule. So that's good. And, you know, again, the Warriors have two games left. Fate is in their hands. They get Sacramento. And if Sacramento decides to sit their dudes, then hopefully the Warriors don't look a gift horse in the mouth and punt that one. That's a very gettable game. And if they land in the sixth spot, as we know, that's the team the Warriors would most likely play in the playoffs in the first round. Actually, that would be the team because that's why the Kings would rest dudes because they are locked into into three. And then after that, they get the Blazers and that should be a gimme. Blazers are done. That's a team that's just, you know, shutting down Dame Lillard and they're off to Cancun. So a lot of interesting stuff happening in this one. I would love, (laughs) I would love for the Denver Nuggets and the Memphis Grizzlies to potentially play the Clippers and the Lakers in the first round. I would love to see that. You know, I mean, they'll probably get maybe the Pelicans, but whatever, whoever comes out of the play-in. But what a reward that would be for the Nuggets to get the Clippers or the Lakers, either of those teams, especially if they're fully healthy. You know, LeBron is back. I haven't checked on the injury report, but Paul George might be back soon. You know, he's supposed to be back for the playoffs. And, you know, the Lakers, the laughing stocks that they've been for the last, you know, two and a half seasons or whatever. They're not that ever since the trade deadline, they've been really, really solid, you know, especially now that they're getting a little bit more cohesion with all the new parts. And like I said, they got LeBron back. So that would be (laughs) rough. (laughs) Um, But at the end of the day, 
the Warriors are exactly where they want to be. I mean, we saw a little bit of that Jekyll and Hyde Golden State Warriors team tonight again. So they always know how to keep it exciting. But for me, it's like, just get there and then all bets are off. I liked what I saw in the second half of the third quarter into the fourth quarter. I mean, some of those lineups were wild, right? From Steve Kerr, it was like uh, Draymond and four guards, four small guards, right? You had Draymond with Steph, Jordan Poole, Gary Payton II, and Dante DiVincenzo. So Draymond is short as a center, 6'6". Six, six. Steph is 6'3". Gary Payton II, 6'2". Jordan Poole, 6'4". And Dante DiVincenzo, 6'3". So luckily, that worked out. OKC, they play pretty small as well, but that was really kind of a fascinating look to see because he had a couple of scorers. You know, it's like you have Steph and a guy who kind of plays like Steph in Jordan Poole, and then you had Gary Payton II, and then a guy who kind of plays like Gary Payton II in Dante DiVincenzo. So that's an interesting look, and I'm curious to see if we'll see more of that in the future. I'm sure it'll be matchup-based, but uh, it's <laughs> it was kind of entertaining. Moses Moody? He got some minutes. Dude played 26 minutes, which is huge for him. Five for seven from the field, three for five from three, five boards, one assist, 13 points. You love to see it, right? I mean, we all know, even though he's had such a rough season, we all know what he's been able to do, what he was able to do last season, how he looked out of all their lottery picks, like the one that was most ready to contribute. Again, don't know exactly why he didn't play so much. A lot of it is like he didn't look good in practice. Maybe he wanted a bigger role. Maybe he just wasn't a good matchup. He got kicked down the the rotation when Ty Jerome was playing well. Lamb took some of his minutes, you know, all this stuff. And he became an afterthought because the Warriors were so dang guard heavy, right? And they're still guard heavy. But without Wiggins playing, without Clay playing, Moody answered the call. Right. So it's great to see this. I wish that he had been put out there more by Kerr throughout the season so that we could have seen more of this. But in him and Kaminga, I mean, this is why I wanted some younger dudes, some lottery picks on this team when the Warriors had the opportunity to make those lottery picks, was because there are young, quick, fast teams who are fearless that. Sometimes the Warriors, they just look old. And if you can put some athletic dudes like Kaminga and Moody out there, I mean, Moody's athleticism is always in question, but just the youth and the energy to match the Thunder's youth and energy, that to me is a big deal. So I don't know if we'll see much more of Moody once this team gets fully whole, but it's good to see that the dude stays ready. They've always said that he's a consummate professional, and we saw that in this one. But it was nice to see him have an effect and also get up there for rebounds. The dude had five boards, right? He has a long reach. He may not be the quickest jumper or the highest jumper, but the guy can get up there. That uh, rebound he got off of a missed free throw, fought for the rebound, went up, and dunked it amongst a couple of Thunder players. And I was like, okay, okay. That's, That's showing some to me for sure. And I would love, as much as we've talked about him all season long, like, oh, you know, he's the guy that out of the lottery picks before the trade deadline, like that's the guy that I would move. Yeah, I mean, at the time, but Wiseman's gone now. 
and Moody is an asset. And if you can turn him into something, you know, if Kerr can actually give him minutes in the future, maybe not in the playoffs per se, you know, but hopefully he'd be ready. But in the future, after a good off season, then, hey, you still have that dude. And that's what I like about this Warriors team is that they still have some youth, a lot of youth actually, right? They got the vets. They got the people kind of in the middle, like uh, Wiggins and at least for now, DiVincenzo. And even though he's 30, I put that kind of in those those prime years, right? Gary Payton the second, And then you got young dudes like Kamenga, Moody, PBJ, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a mix there. And I've talked about that before, so I won't you know, belabor it right now. This team, the way they looked in that fourth quarter, energy, hitting shots, running all over the place. It's like, hey, that looks great. And once you get Clay back and healthy, once you get Andrew Wiggins back in the fold, you know, they say that his conditioning looks not bad. <laughs> then then you have something there, right? They finished the season on Sunday. So you get almost at least a week off before the first round, if you avoid the plan, if you get stuck into the plan, then you got to play at least one or two games next week. I think that week off would be great for these guys and their mental. Uh, it'd, be, it'd be great for them and their physical uh, maladies, wear and tear and all that stuff. And I think it'd be great for someone like Andrew Wiggins just to kind of just get back in the Warriors gym and play some pickup scrimmage with some of his teammates just to get that rhythm going. You know what I mean? Not sure if he's going to play the next one. I I hope, but it really depends. They have a couple days off before going to sack, but you might see some spot minutes, but you might not. Who knows? You know, but you get this team whole, again, I will. <laughs> I'm not predicting anything, but all I've said since the trade deadline is like, okay, you know, let's let's get into the postseason healthy and whole and see what kind of kind of noise we can make i think it'll be a good show and we'll go from there that's all i got all right well that is another episode of the oakland warriors podcast be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast feel free to hit me up on twitter at patrick e pino or at oakland warriors check out our youtube channel where you can watch this episode youtube.com slash oakland warriors check us out at oaklandwarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow warrior fan friends to tune in and listen the oakland warriors podcast is produced by national film society and if you're so inclined please do leave us a five-star rating on spotify and apple podcasts and if you want to leave us a nice review saying good stuff about the show on apple podcasts that would be hugely hugely appreciated and it would be very very helpful thanks that's it Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time. <laughs>